Welcome to Southern Illinois Worship Center. Today, you'll be hearing a powerful message from our latest series. Let's listen in now. If you have a Bible today or a phone or however you get Scripture, we're going to start in 2 Corinthians and then we're going to go back to 2 Kings. We're in a series called The Straight A's. And I'm going to wade a little deep today. And so if you don't know a lot of what I'm talking about, then I got some news for you. Uh, In September, Pastor Melissa is going to start a book study on a book that will cover a lot of what I'm going to kind of surmise and summarize today. And so we put the books in the bookstore. The book is called Unmasking the Jezebel Spirit. It's written by John Paul Jackson. Uh, This is my copy. You can't have it. I've got all kinds of notes and pages in it. Uh, This has been something myself, the board of directors, all the staff here, and some key people in my life. We've all been reading it together and around the same time. And so it's available in the bookstore. Pastor Melissa will be doing a book study on it uh, in September. So if you want to jump into that, you can do that. And here's the challenge. Anytime you talk about uh, spiritual warfare or you talk about a spirit, is all of a sudden every person you look at is Jezebel. Uh, Or whatever spirit you're studying, you, you think every person has that. And so I'm not a pastor who believes that there's a demon behind every door. And I don't believe in picking fights with demons that we are not in a fight with. I do believe in spiritual warfare, and I talk about it often, but rarely do I dig real deep into it. And today I'm going to wade out into it a little bit, and you'll see how this all ties together here in a moment. We started with acceleration, then last week we did assignment. Today we're going to do authority over Athaliah. Next week we're going to do the Acts of the Apostles. And if we're going to do the actions of the apostles, we're going to have to take authority over spirits that would hinder us moving in our God-given gifts. That's our assignment, and God's going to accelerate that. So just to give you a little thought about where we're headed, and then we're going to do a couple weeks in August in the Straight A series as well. Then next week, my mother and father-in-law will be in service with us. And so you'll get to, if you've never met them, you'll get to meet them. They'll be here. I'll be preaching. Pastor Melissa and Evan will be back, and they'll lead worship. And then the following week, which is July 31st, is Revival Night. So we'll have a 10 o'clock service. I'll be preaching that at the 10 o'clock. Then at 6 o'clock on July 31st, we have a Revival Service with a wonderful speaker who'll be in town. And we're just going to have... So we are a non-denominational church with a Pentecostal flair. So let me just say it like this. That Sunday night service is going to be Pentecostal, uh, just so just so you know, uh, kind of was just to brace you. So if you're a Methocostal, a Bathocostal, a Catholicostal, whatever, on that night you'd just be costal, right? If we had another word, everybody would get happy, or another letter to that word, we'd be happy. We would go from costal to coastal, and everybody would be like, "Yes, praise God, the church is moving to the coast." Well, we are. We're on the coast of Wren Lake and the Lake of Egypt and Crab Orchard Lake, and there's all kinds of coasts there. But so, uh, so Second Corinthians chapter two, verse eleven is where I want to begin today. And um, they put a little bookmark up here for me. It's I guess it's in the bookstore. If you've never been to the bookstore, it's this verse on this um, 
wonderful little bookmark made by people here at SIWC. So you can get one of those to remind yourself of this little verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. I'm going to read it out of the New King James. Lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. So let me just do a little reverse psychology on you. If you are lacking information about what the enemy desires for you, you're getting taken advantage of. If you are saying that warfare does not exist, evil spirits do not exist, all that stuff, guess what? You're getting taken advantage of. Because now you're ignorant of his devices, and his device and his plan is to take advantage of you. And he just likes to hide in the scenery. And one of the best places the enemy likes to hide is in church. Or hide in your group of friends. Or hide in the people you went to dinner with. And you don't expect it. And so he takes advantage of us in that. And so um, let me ask you a question. How many of you have ever heard of what I just talked about just a few moments ago about the Jezebel spirit? How many have ever heard about the Jezebel spirit? So do you know in the Bible that it never actually says the Jezebel spirit? But in the Old Testament, in 2 Kings, we had in 1 Kings into 2 Kings, we have a woman, an Old Testament woman by the name of Jezebel, who is married to a man by the name of Ahab. And if I had time in another week, I would add Ahab into the straight A's. But we'll talk a little bit about him today. Then in the New Testament, you would go all the way to the book of Revelation, and in Revelation chapter 2, verse 20, we are introduced again to another woman, a different woman, but with the same name and the same spirit. It's the same spirit. And as we approach the end of time, which I believe we're there, the end of the church age, I believe this spirit of Jezebel will be the main spirit that we tackle in the church. Because it was in the church of Thyatira in Revelation chapter 2. And Jesus said to the church of Thyatira, I have something against you. And what I have against you is that you have allowed, or other translations say you have tolerated that woman. Now, automatically all the men were like, yeah, I knew my wife was Jezebel. (laughs) No, no. Just because it operates and it has a female name in the Bible, spirits do not have gender. And it can operate in men and women alike. And might I just say here for all the men, if your wife is Jezebel, then you're Ahab. And Ahab was just as despicable as old Jezzy. Because Ahab liked for Jesse to be in control because Jesse got Ahab everything he wanted but wasn't rightfully his. And so he would walk around and pout and be depressed and anger and old Jesse would say, oh, Ahab, what's the matter with you? Did you not get your Krispy Kreme today? (laughs) You're right. They wouldn't serve me at Krispy Kreme. That's all right. 
I'll make sure that Krispy Kreme belongs to us. If they won't give you what you think you should have, Ahab, then I'll make a plot on social media to destroy the owner of Krispy Kreme so that we can take possession of Krispy Kreme. That's what was happening in the Bible. It just wasn't Krispy Kreme. It was a little vineyard with a man by the name of Naboth. So all of us men who get around and pout and moan and our wives then go to social media to defend us, you Ahab. I'll just keep moving. I should have wore tennis shoes today so I can run out of this building when y'all chasing me. All right. So as you study through the Bible, because the Jezebel spirit is not actually mentioned by name, neither is what I'm going to talk about today as a spirit, but there's a Bible character by the name of Athaliah. But when you study Jezebel, both in the New Testament and the Old Testament, we can begin to ascertain through our study that the individuals that are spoken about, Jezebel, Queen Jezebel, and Jezebel in the church of Thyatira, though they are physically passed from the scene, the working of their spirit or their types is still at play even in our day right now. So Jezebel, the wife of Ahab, what she did, she brought in false worship to the god Baal, and she brought that into the nation of Israel. She killed prophets. She killed individuals. She was a nefarious queen who possessed a murdering spirit. Now, automatically, we're going to say, well, murder is physical. I think our generation has proven that murdering can be through the typeth of the finger. So Jezebel married this king, Ahab, and King Ahab seemed to have a wish, or we could say maybe in more modern terms, he was hell-bent on provoking God from the very moment that he ascended to the throne. His first recorded move was to marry the Sidonian king, Ethbaal's daughter, Jezebel, and to serve her gods, this 1 Kings 16, verse 31. Then Ahab did even more to provoke God to anger. And he did more to provoke God to anger than any other king before him. You can read 1 Kings 16, verse 33. And the provocation started when he married Jezebel, not for love, but for political reasons. And then Ahab then allowed Jezebel, who he didn't marry for love, he married because of political power. He allowed her to bring in a sweeping religious form into his nation, a reform into his nation. And she brought Baal and Ashtaroth. And for time's sake, I don't have to get into all what a Baal and Ashtaroth is. Let's just say it like this. You're watching it happen in our nation right now. And they brought this worship to false gods into new heights in Israel. Ahab broke both the second and the third commandment. He broke the second commandment by worshiping Baal. We shall have no other gods before us. He broke the third commandment by building wooden images. We're not supposed to have a graven image. He built wooden images in a temple and an altar for Baal in Samaria. Again, 1 Kings 16. And he did all this to please Jezebel. Ahab and Jezebel were people who were religiously correct on the outside. They named their children Jewish names. We are going to look the part. We're going to act the part, but we're really not the part. The scripture says it like this. They had a form of godliness, but they denied the power thereof. 
So they had a form of godliness, but they would not pledge themselves in allegiance to the one true living God. So this is the same thing that the enemy has a plan for all of us. To show up at church on Sunday, to look the part, to act the part, even to say the right things, but not be the part. Our allegiance belongs to God and God alone. Not to your political party. Not to a church. Not to a pastor. Not to anything other than God and God alone. And I appreciate you love me, but I am not an idol. I appreciate that you come to hear me speak, but the minute I get outside of that word, get out of here. Why? Because your allegiance belongs to God and God alone. And you need to know the word so that you know when the man of God is in the word. Right? Let Satan take advantage of you because... You lack information, so people fall for stuff like, like God is not going to bless you today because you sent a thousand dollars and I sent you a bottle of my sweat. No, God's going to bless you because you're His child and He's God. It has nothing to do with how you and I are connected. It's that you are a son of God and a joint heir with Christ. So here's the plan. The plan of the enemy is to take advantage of you, and his goal is very simple. Three parts to it. He wants to steal, he wants to kill, and he wants to destroy. Now, I would think if I was writing John 10.10, which is what I just quoted to you, I would put the word destroy before kill. But he didn't write it that way. He said to steal, to kill, and destroy, which tells me that destruction is often worse than death. Because a lot of people, as they're being destroyed, choose death as a way to avoid destruction. And so the enemy will attempt to destroy you, to get a spirit on you, a spirit called suicide, because the enemy is stealing from you so much, you feel like there is no hope. So you choose death to avoid the perceived destruction. Can I tell you today that that's a lie from the pits of hell? That if you have Jesus Christ on the inside of you, the enemy is not going to kill you. He needs to stop stealing from you and he will never destroy you because what God has put into your life is without being able, the ability to be revoked out of you for the gifts and the calling are without repentance is what the scripture says. Or another translation doesn't use the word repentance. It says without revocation, meaning it cannot be revoked. And so the enemy is lying to you right now because of something you have done in your life that somehow God does not view you as a son or a child of his. Let me just say this to you. When your child messed up, did you go down to the courtroom and say, I no longer want to be his father or his mother? No, you may not have approved of the action, but you did not change your relationship. And God doesn't either. This spirit that's out there, Jezebel, it's there to take advantage, to go to steal, kill, and destroy. In Revelation chapter 2 and verse 20, here's what Jesus, this is Jesus, it's written in red in your Bibles, nevertheless, I have a few things against you, because you allow that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess. Nobody else in the church called her a prophetess. She called herself a prophetess. She set herself into a position that was not rightfully hers or was not her God-given qualities. 
and said, oh, I'm a prophet. Be careful of people who have to announce their position to you. <laughs> right? You know I'm a prophet. Well, I would have if you would have operated in your spirit of prophecy instead of telling me that you're a prophet. If you have to tell me, then you are not. I don't walk around this church saying I'm the pastor all the time. Matter of fact, I don't care what you call me because there's been people that call me pastor. They hated my guts and would stab me in the back. And then there are people that just say Jason and they love me to death because Jesse knows how to say the right things. It's going to get deep in here. I'm just going to tell you, it's just going to get deep. If you're, if you're easily offended, you might have a spirit of offense. All right, I'm going to keep moving. So she calls herself a prophetess. And why did she do that? She put herself into a position of authority. And again, I'm using a gender term, but a spirit is genderless. She, they, they call themselves and put themselves into a position to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. So that's what the spirit was going to do. So we can see that that same spirit that influenced the house of Ahab in the Old Testament, which was sexually immoral, was eating things sacrificed to idols, is now operating in the New Testament. Two different women, same spirit. And it influenced the house of God in the Old Testament because Ahab's house was to be the house of God. And now it's in the New Testament in the church of Thyatira, or some of you may say Thyatira, but it was, uh, here it is influencing the house of God in both the Old and the New Testament. So wherever that spirit of Jezebel is, there's two other spirits you're going to tangle with. And we don't talk about this very much. We just say Jezebel. And most of the time we say that because we're targeting a certain individual and we just say that's Jezebel. But whenever you tackle Jezebel, you're going to have to have a confrontation with Ahab and Athaliah at the same time. And most often why people are defeated is we think we're fighting Jezebel and we defeat Jezebel and we're going at war with Jezebel, but we're getting outflanked by Ahab and Athaliah. And so our focus is over here on this one, this one issue of our lives. And while our attention is over here and we're rebuking and pleading the blood of Jesus over the top of that. And then we're like, yes, I defeated Jezebel. And then you get sucker punched. And you think, here's what we think. Well, then I must not have defeated the spirit of Jezebel that was attacking me. I, or, or I wouldn't be going through this. Oh, you defeated Jezebel. You just forgot about her husband and her daughter. Athaliah was Ahab and Jezebel's daughter. And this is a, a quite an interesting story of Athaliah. So she's the daughter of Ahab and Jezebel. She is married or winds up being married to a son of Jehoshaphat, Jehoram. And in 2 Kings chapter 2, we find out that Athaliah was not alone. I mean, how would you like this family reunion? Ahab and Jezebel had 70 sons. Whew. That's a whole lot of belt buckles to introduce yourself. I'm Bill, and that's Jim, and all this stuff is coming together, and Ahab and Jezebel have 70 children. The Bible is very clear about three of them. It describes them in de detail. Athaliah, Ahaziah, and Jehoram. Three of the 70, the Bible's going to give us some detail on. 
According to Smith's Bible Dictionary, the name Athaliah means afflicted of the Lord. Another Bible Dictionary doesn't use it like that. It says, whom God afflicts. Athaliah, in 2 Chronicles chapter 22, and verse 11, Athaliah murders her own grandchildren to gain power and authority. She's now trying to outdo the evilness of her mother. Her mother killed the prophets but never laid a hand to her family. Now the spirit of Athaliah is going to go after the family, outdoing the evil of a previous generation. Another one of Jezebel and Ahab's offspring was Ahaziah. His name means held by Jehovah. He took after Ahab, but even though he was taking after his father in some areas, he was influenced by his mother. Jezebel taught him, the one that they named held by Jehovah, Jezebel taught him how to worship Baal and Ashtaroth. And we say, oh, pastor, that never happens today. I beg to differ with you. Because we dedicate our children to the Lord and ask the Lord to hold them, then pull them immediately out of the church and take them and teach them how to serve other gods. That Jesus is not as important as your baseball game. That Jesus is not as important as being popular in school. So we begin to pull him out of the hands because Baal and Ashtoreth are just a sign of what a society is willing to worship outside of God. And our society is willing to worship anything besides God. And you've got to make it an important factor in your life that you're teaching your children that the house of God, the people of God, and God himself are very important. Finally, then there's Jehoram, who was Ahaziah's brother. He was king of the northern kingdom of Israel. He ruled 12 years there in 2 Kings chapter 3 and verse 1. And his name means whom Jehovah has exalted. Or the exaltation of the Lord. And again, his parents named him a form of godliness, but he did not live up to his name. Jezebel taught him how to worship. He's the king over the northern tribes, the tribes of Judah. Praise. Praise to God. Jezebel teaches him to worship and praise Baal. At one point, Elisha tries to help Jehoram. He goes and tells him, hey, here's your enemy, serious battle plans. Here's what the enemy is going to do to you. You would think that if the man of God said, hey, I want you to know the enemy is going to attack you here, here, and here. And here's what you should do in order to defend yourself, your family, your marriage, your lineage, your throne, your power, your authority. You would say, you know what? I think that's a good plan, and I'm going to follow through with that. But most often, just like when the man of God tells us now, hey, the enemy is after you to destroy you and to kill you, we do exactly what Jehoram did. We listen, and then we turn on the man of God because his advice rubs against our flesh. He turned on the man of God, and he vowed to kill Elisha just as his mother had vowed to kill Elijah. 2 Kings chapter 6 and verse 31. So we could say it like this, like mother... Like son. That's Jehoram and Ahaziah, Athaliah then. Athaliah comes from a royal line of Omri, the sixth king of Israel. She had parents who sought political alliances to advance their kingdom. Athaliah was then given in marriage to, um, to Jehoram, the eldest son of Judah's king Jehoshaphat, 2 Kings chapter 8, verse 18. Now, I don't know about you, but if my son had 
been married to Athaliah, I would probably reconsider ever having agreed to that marriage. She killed all of her grandchildren. And I said that to say this, who you marry matters. (laughs) Because you could marry someone and they wind up destroying everything you've ever worked for. And not only can they destroy everything you've ever worked for, they can destroy dreams before you're ever able to work for them. Especially if you want to be in ministry. Who you marry matters. So she's given in marriage. She winds up being more wicked than Jezebel. Athaliah murders her grandchildren. She went far and above everything Jezebel ever did. And Jezebel was a killer. She had a murderous spirit. Never killed her own family. So I would say that that makes Athaliah more wicked than Jezebel. And when we talk about Jezzy, man, people are like, oh, worked up. Don't ever. No, no. Athaliah is worse than Jezebel. And so Athaliah, more wicked, afflicted of the Lord. And both Jezebel and Athaliah have this keen sense. They have a way of getting and attaining what is not rightfully theirs. They're inheritor thieves. They're after other people's rightful inheritance. They want what is not rightfully theirs. And if it's not rightfully theirs, then it must be rightfully yours. This is the spirit that is at play right now in our world. Whatever is rightfully mine, the enemy wants to take it because it's rightfully mine. He has no right to it. And whatever goes on in the spiritual happens in the natural. Right? Let me just be political just for a moment. But we now have laws being passed to take what people have earned on their own that is rightfully theirs and take that and give it to people who it is not rightfully theirs. Got quiet in this church house. That spirit is running loose in our streets. It is running loose in every facet of America and around the world. There is a murdering spirit running loose right now in our nation, more so in our nation than probably any other nation on the earth. The amount of shootings and murders and the amount of killing that is going on in our world, we read that and we think there's nothing to that. I want to tell you, there is a spirit loose in America. And the reason why there is a spirit loose in America is America has a form of godliness, but it is denied denying the power thereof. And if we are not careful, that same attitude will drift into the church and the last bastion of hope and of freedom is not America, it's in the church. And if we are not careful, we'll be ignorant of the enemy's devices and we'll allow him to take advantage of us here in the church. But we are the front line of this battle. And if we are not ignorant of his devices, then let us go forth right now and let's start taking back territory that the enemy has taken from us. Then see, here's the thing. We'll get all of our focus on Athaliah. I don't want our focus to be on Athaliah. I want our focus to be on our authority. Because there's a lot of people that got head knowledge about Jezzy and Athaliah, but do nothing about him. You may know about them, but do something about them. They're thieves. And thieves also with a murderous spirit. They'll kill relatives They'll kill strangers. They'll kill anything to attain what they desire. And Athaliah, her murdering spirit is for one thing. It's for revenge. 
Have you ever been around somebody who seeks revenge? They will stop at nothing. It's all they can talk about. It's all they can think about. Everything that in their mind is about revenge. I want them to die. I want them to be destroyed. I, I hope they get what's coming to them. I hope, they, I hope they experience what they made me experience. Vengeance. Athaliah seeks Revenge. In your notes today, I gave you a whole bunch of verses you can go read. So not only is Athaliah a murdering spirit, she's a self-advancing spirit. And she'll destroy anyone to remain in her place of power and authority that is not rightfully hers. And this is what the enemy tricks us into saying. We say this all the time about things. Well, you know, they're just kids being kids. And that's just the way things are. And even in a modern America, you know, you know, that's just in the hood. That's why there's crime. That's just over there in the hood. Well, you know, hoods don't create sin. Sin creates hoods. Oh, that's just over in Carbondale. But that spirit is loose in Carbondale, and it's going to come right down 13, and it's going to invade your little sanctuary that you call your little city. So it's not just somebody else's problem. It's our problem. This is not just something going on in Chicago or Washington, D.C. This is a spirit that's loose, and it has a believing that it has a right to do what it's doing. It has a right to kill babies in the womb. It has a right to destroy infants. It has a right to do all this stuff. It believes it has the right to do it. And people are believing that it's right for people to die. And that spirit is in the church. Well, you know what they've done in the past. You know what they did yesterday. You know, and with we, what we're saying is they have a right to die. And the spirit of Athaliah is all over you. A murdering, self-advancing spirit. And what it does is anything to remain in a place of power and authority. Did you ever imagine in your lifetime that people would put tattoos on their bellies and say, this has no rights? A baby it has no rights. The spirit of Athaliah has it so confused that if I murdered a woman who was pregnant, I would be charged with two counts of murder. But if you make an appointment with a man in a white coat, do, do we not see the ridiculousness of these arguments? <laughs> Why then is it so hard? Let me just, our, our nation has put money into making abortion available anywhere. Our state, more than any other state in the union, making it available everywhere. But try to adopt. Just, just, try, just try to adopt a baby. Try to bring a baby into your life that you can never cancel your parental rights. And they make it so difficult. Why? Because there is a murdering death spirit over our nation. I'll get to another little thing that'll really just raise your heckles politically. Jezebel murders, does anything she can to stay in power. The amount of mass shootings that we have in our nation. Oh, he's going to talk about guns. No, I'm going to talk about the murdering spirit. 
our Department of Justice talks about individuals who do mass shootings and what goes on inside of them. And if you look at what Athaliah witnessed in her life, she witnessed a home that was in complete disarray. Mama usurping the authority of daddy. Daddy pouting and in a rage. Daddy has an anger problem. Dad is in a manic depressive. One day he's really happy. The next day he's upset. Why is he upset? Because he doesn't have enough. He's living in a palace, but he wants a vineyard that's over the wall of his thing. So he never has enough. And so what we do is we create an inferiority complex in our children that even though we may have everything, they don't have enough. And we're willing to murder other people who have seemingly more than we do. And so they have inferiority complexes. They, they grow up in homes that have just all kinds of dis, dis, disarray. They have confusion. They have chaos growing up in the home. Then, then, so they, then they become narcissistic. And we have the most narcissistic society you could ever imagine in your life. Just go through social media, right? Back in the day when the camera was made, it was to take a picture the other way. And today, in my back pocket, I have a camera that can take my picture both ways. And I get upset that the camera that's facing me is not as high quality as the camera that is facing away from me. So I turn it around like this so it can improve all the qualities that I don't have. And if that isn't good enough, can you build a filter into it and make me look even better? I may be as nasty as they come, but don't I look good, baby? And if I don't get enough likes, what I'll do is I'll be Jesse. And I'll just create some drama to get people worked up so that they'll begin to comment and like on my status. I'll be vague. I'll do it with innuendo. I'll just say part of the story and get people worked up. And what's happening is you don't realize it, but you have just incited a gunfight at the OK Corral. Right? They don't even know why they're fighting. They're just showing up to fight. And they just take this position and that position. All because you put out there on your social media page because you needed some dopamine in your own brain to make you feel better about yourself. Because they have more friends. They have more likes. And I don't have what they have. And I want what they have. And I'll do everything in my power to get what they have. Those people don't even like them. But that's the spirit that's on our age. And what they're doing is they want to take a position of power and authority, and they'll do anything in their power to do it. Let me go through 2 Kings chapter 11 just real quick. 2 Kings chapter 11, Athaliah was the mother of Ahaziah. She saw that her son was dead. So her son reigned for about a year. He gets sick, and he dies. Now, she didn't take him down to the church to get him healed or anything, because deep down inside of her, she wants him dead. Matter of fact, you can go read later where she was giving him counsel and her counsel was wicked. Why? Because she didn't want him to be liked. Because deep in her heart, she wanted the power and the authority. 
So she saw that her son was dead, and she arose. Now, the word arose there, some people would say that means she just said, hey, I'm the pick of the litter. I should be the queen. No, actually, it means that she said, um, I'm going to take it. She arose. Her son dies, and she arose and destroyed all the royal heirs. One translation says that she assassinated all of them. Any person who could lay claim to the inheritance of the throne, Athaliah rose up to destroy them. Let me put this in more modern terms. Do you know that when you were born again, you became a joint heir with Jesus Christ? Ephesians chapter 1. You became a joint heir with Christ. And then Ephesians chapter 1 also tells us that the earnest of our inheritance or the down payment to secure our inheritance is the Holy Spirit. Is it a wonder why now that the enemy, the Spirit, would like the Holy Spirit to be out of the church? Because the Holy Spirit is what secures your inheritance. It's the proof positive that God is who he says he is. He will do what he says he will do. And you are now who he says you are. So if he can get the down payment, if he can get the assurance out of the church, then you're standing there questioning, am I really saved? Am I really a child of God? Am I really a joint heir with Christ? But then when the Holy Spirit starts moving across the church service, you're like you know what I know who I am I know who he is and he's going to do what he said he's going to do so the enemy is trying to pull from you what is rightfully yours it's not his it's yours so what we get then is we have this interesting little thing going on where the enemy is trying to take what is rightfully yours and you're like but I like what I feel and so he pulls the Holy Spirit which does the working on behalf of God, and he institute his spirit. And we call that witchcraft. Which, oh no, Pastor, we don't, we don't have witchcraft going on in the world today. <laughs> hmm. Just maybe you should look around our world today. And the prince in the power of the air is definitely operating in his witchcraft. Witchcraft is the sin of rebellion, is what the scripture says. And do we not have a rebellious society right now? We have kids who refuse their God-given gender, rebelling against their own gender. My friend, that's witchcraft. Okay, I, again... Not trying to be political, I'm just trying to have some common sense here. I had to fill out a passport thing and declare whether or not I was male or female. The very government that's making me declare whether I'm male or female is telling the next generation that it doesn't matter what you are. What's going on with us? That's a rebellious spirit. I don't like how God created me. 
Listen, that's not the human being saying that, by the way. There is a spirit behind that because Ephesians chapter 6, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principality and power. And so there is a spirit of confusion that's entering into our children. And we are saying, oh, you know what? At five years old, you can tell me everything you want to tell me, but you can't vote till you're 18 and you can't drink till you're 21. You can't enter the military till you're 18, but you can tell me what gender you are at four and five years old. And my goodness, that's a spirit of confusion and my God is not the God of confusion but of peace but we just want to sit around and fight it politically my friend there is a spirit loose and the church is the only one with the authority to deal with it let me just tell you just what happened just a moment ago I had 37 pages of notes I have none left My, my iPad just wiped them all out I have fought hell to preach this sermon. You want to talk about fighting hell? I couldn't walk for two days this week. A couple weeks ago, I couldn't walk. My wife couldn't walk. And I, as I studied this out, Athaliah, I wasn't going to say any of this because it starts getting hokey pokey. But Athaliah, the people who tangle with Athaliah or try to expose Athaliah, the number one area that the enemy attacks is your legs. And the first person I thought of when I was hearing that was you, Miss Betty Culp, that the spirit of Athaliah who has tried to destroy you and destroy your legs, the physical manifestation of dealing with the spirit of Athaliah is in your legs. And the reason why it likes to attack your legs is because we have authority when we walk. And the enemy does not like us to walk and take authority, right? Wherever your foot trods, you have that under your feet. And so if he can cripple you in your legs, you will not begin to walk around the city and watch four walls come down. You'll stop walking the walk of faith. You'll stop speaking faith because you feel like I'm crippled and I have no man. But you have a man and his name is Jesus. And he's here to heal you. He's here to deliver you. He's here to set you free and eliminate this spirit out of your life, out of our region, and out of our nation. I feel the Holy Spirit all over this place. All hands on deck. You are a child of God. You are a joint heir with Christ. You know who you are and you know whose you are. You can be seated. So I'm just going to go down. I'm just going to go down the verses, and I'm going to do it from memory. It's in my spirit. So Joash, so she rose up. She kills all the royal heirs, and but Jehoshia. There's always a but in the Bible, and I love it. But God, but Jehoshua, the daughter of King Jehoram, the sister of Ahaziah. She took Joash, the son of Ahaziah, and she stole him away from among the king's sons who were being murdered. So everybody else is dying, and she recognizes what's going on, and she takes her son, and she takes her son, and she goes, I need to hide you. I need to hide you so that you're not destroyed and you're not killed, because there's coming a day where God's going to put this right. Right? Because Athaliah was aptly named. She's the one that the Lord afflicts. Because the Lord already knows her as defeated. So when she was named, Jezebel and Ahab were like, we're going to name her Athaliah. And God said, yep, that's how I see her. I'm going to afflict her. The enemy has already been afflicted because he always sees the enemy as already defeated. 
And if you know that the enemy is already defeated and the enemy's murdering things in your life, take what you have left and go hide it away somewhere. And where do you hide it? She took her son and she hid her son in the temple. And the best place for you to take the things that remain in your life is to take them and take them to the temple of the Most High God and there hide the things that you have left. And can I just tell you, if the enemy has destroyed everything out of your life, all that you have left is, oh, this is it. But what you have left, God can restore an entire kingdom out of one thing that was left. And if all you have left is the breath in your body, God can use the breath in your body and restore back to you everything that the enemy has stolen from you. So she hit him. She hid him and his nurse in the bedroom from Athaliah that he was not killed. And he was hidden with her in the house of the Lord for six years, six the number of flesh, while Athaliah reigned over the land. In the seventh year, I don't know why it took him seven years to do it, but in the seventh year, a priest by the name of Jehodiah sent and brought the captains of the hundreds. Some of you may have in your Bibles, it says Karti, C-A-R-T-I, Karti, which is, means mercenaries. And a mercenary is somebody who is paid to assassinate someone. Now, there, there's a couple rules of thought here on who it is and it depends on which commentary you want to read. But there's three thoughts here. One, these Karti were not, they saw what Athaliah was doing and they were not a part of her guard. Another rule of thought is that they were of another king's guard. But the Karti, the, the, the final rule of thought, which is what I like to subscribe to, is that this Karti was created by King David. He used them to be his mercenaries. Do you recognize that when Athaliah, for the six years that Athaliah was reigning as queen, she is the first female queen to ever ascend to the throne. And it was also the only time in scripture or in history that the seed of David was not on the throne. So Athaliah is up and killing and trying to get involved in a situation. Why? To eliminate the messianic prophecies or the prophecies of the Messiah. She wants to sit on the throne. Why? Because the Bible tells us that the seed of David will sit on the throne. That out of the seed of David will come Jesus. So Jesus is on the throne, meaning the seed of David is always on the throne. So here's Athaliah. What does she do? She kills all the seed. What is she trying to do? She's trying to take the throne and make God out to be a liar. And this is what is trying to happen in your life. God has made promises to you, prophecies over the top of you. Jesus has said things to you. And now the enemy's coming in to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Why? So that you begin to believe that God is a liar. But I want you to know today that Athaliah has now been exposed. And Athaliah is getting ready to be bound up because you have authority. And God is not a liar. That God is not a man that he should lie is what the scripture says. And God's getting ready to do some restoration in your life. Let me, let me keep moving. I, I got a whole chapter to go through. I'm sorry, Corley. This is week two that they've done that to you. All right. So he brings them in, captains of the hundreds, the bodyguards, the escorts. He brought them into the house of the Lord to him, and he made a covenant with them, a contract with them. Where did he do it? In the house of the Lord. And they took an oath from them in the house of the Lord and showed them the king's son. So they were, he was, they were not shown the provision against Athaliah until they went into covenant. You're wondering, I want to see the end of a thing before I believe it. 
If you'll come into covenant with God, then God will open up the closet, if you will, and show you that he's been hiding something all along. He's been protecting it all along. You're like, I want to know how it's going to happen. You just come into covenant with God. We talked about covenant, the 10 steps of covenant in the, in the four C's, right? You come into covenant with God, right? And in covenant, his enemies become your enemies, and your enemies become his enemies, and his resources become your resources. His weapons become your weapons. If you come into covenant with God, then God will go, you know what? I've had this protected all along, and if you just come into covenant with me, I'll show you what I've been hiding in my house. So he said, all right, here's what we're going to do. He said, we're going to make a covenant. Then he commanded them saying, this is what you shall do. One third of you, now he's talking to the cartai, the, the, the bodyguards. He said, one third of you who come on duty on the Sabbath shall be keeping watch over the king's house. One third shall be at the gate of Sur and one third at the gate behind the escorts. You shall keep the watch of the house. Now listen, they're watching the house, but the house is not necessarily what was important. It was what was in the house that was important. So he's assigning guards at the front gate and at the back door and at the side door. And he said, listen, here's what's happening. I want you all to surround this house because the king of promise is in this house. What we've been hiding for six years to overthrow this evil government, this evil woman who has destroyed seed and had a murdering spirit and a self-advancing spirit, we're getting ready to make a play. And now here's what we want to do. We're getting ready to show our hand. So I want you all to surround yourself because the enemy is about to be exposed and the enemy gets really mad when he gets exposed. And that murdering spirit that was on them to get where they're at is still on them so that they can stay where they're at so here's what he said surround them and we sing this song right when I'm surrounded I'm surrounded by you and we're talking to God now he's using mercenaries but we would call them angels his angels in camp round about them who fear him you're surrounded you think, man, if, if God's going to use me, God's going to bless me, the enemy's going to attack me. Yeah, but his angels are surrounding you. And here's what he said. This is what the high priest said. Jesus is our high priest. The high priest said to these guards, any person that breaks through your ranks, kill them. Any person who tries to come in here and get this promise, Kill them. This is what the Lord has instructed his angels over the top of you. Anything that comes in here that tries to destroy what's in my house, everything that I have been protecting, I want you to destroy it. Do you know that God's angels are warring for you? He has war angels over the top of you, and you can dispatch your angels over the top of you and say, listen, anything that tries to come in and kill my marriage, I want you to destroy it. Anything that comes into my house and tries to get my kids, I want you to destroy Anything that comes in after my family or my finances or my home, I want you to know, devil, I am surrounded by God and his angels. So they said, keep the watch of the house lest it be broken down. So the two contingents of who of you that go off duty on the Sabbath shall keep the watch of the house of the Lord for the king. But you shall surround the king on all sides, every man with his weapons in his hand, and whoever comes within range, let him be put to death. You are to be with the king as he goes out, 
And as he comes in, everywhere he goes, you go. Everywhere you go, your angels go. Everywhere you go, right? Some of you, you have them in your car when your wife's driving. Everywhere you go, they go. They're protecting you. So the captains of the hundreds did according to all that Jehodiah the priest commanded. And each of them took his men who were to be on duty on the Sabbath with those who were going off duty on the Sabbath. And they came to Jehodiah the priest. And the priest gave the captains of the hundreds the spears and shields which had belonged to King David. Now here's my thought about the Kartai. If they were created by the King David, and David was the one who created them, they recognized the importance of the prophecy about the seed of David being on the throne. So they had no allegiance. There was no mixed allegiance between Jehodiah, the high priest, and the seed of David and Athaliah. So he had men who were pure of heart that recognized that what was going on right now on the throne had nothing to do with the will of God or the word of God. In other words, let me just use this term. It was a bastard authority. It, had, it did not have anything with the Father. It was an authority that was not rightfully Athaliah's. It did not belong. It did not come from the Father above. And anything without a Father is a bastard. And it had a bastard authority that was putting its place in and saying, I have a rightful authority. But a bastard authority has no authority over the Heavenly Father because our authority comes from the Father above. And we have authority over anything that is in his place. I mean, I'm shocking half of you today. Like, whoa, that's a biblical term. So they said, here's what we're going to do. Get, get, get all the stuff of King David. We're going to restore that throne. Then the escort stood, every man with his weapons in his hand, all around the king from the right side of the temple to the left side of the temple by the altar in the house. And he brought out the king's son. He put the crown on him. He gave him the testimony. I love that. He gave him the testimony. Who gave you the testimony? The high priest gave you the testimony. How did you get your testimony? Your high priest, Jesus, gave you the testimony. What's your testimony? By the blood of the lamb, I now have a word of testimony. They stood there. He brought out the king's son, gave him the testimony. They made him king. They anointed him. They clapped their hands and said, long live the king. When Athaliah heard the noise of the escorts and the people, right, the enemy's going to hear when you get crowned. She came to the people in the temple of the Lord. Now listen, the enemy likes to show up in church right when you get blessed. Right around the time God anoints you, gives you a testimony, and says, this is my child. That's when the enemy shows up at church. And the enemy didn't come to worship. What does she do? You can read it. She says, when she saw that the new king was crowned and anointed, she says, treason hurls false accusations. They were not in treason. This boy was the rightful heir to the throne. She was the one in treason. And many of you, when you tangle with the spirit of Jezebel or Athaliah, its defense, when it has been exposed, is to falsely accuse you of doing what they have already done. <laughs> is this spirit not alive in our world today? That's in verse 14, by the way, for those of you who want it in the Bible. 
And Jehodiah, the priest, then commanded the captains of the hundreds, the officers, the armies. He said, take her outside under guard and slay with the sword whoever follows her. For the priest had said, do not let her be killed in the house of the Lord. So they seized her. She went by way of the horse's entrance into the king's house. And there she was killed. God said, we're not going to shed her blood in this house. She doesn't deserve to die where she's already been defeated. And we're not going to shed her blood in this house and taint this house with her blood. You take her outside because she doesn't belong here. The enemy does not belong in your house. And you need to tell him, you need to get out of my house you don't belong here because you've already been defeated here. And I'm not going to have this fight with you in front of my family. We're going to have this fight out there on the front porch. And I'm going to slay you on the front porch because I don't even want to allow you into my house. Let, let me just say it to you like this. Some of you, you're, you're doubting who you are. That's the whole trick of the enemy, to doubt who you are. You don't think you have any authority. You remember last week when I said, it doesn't matter what position I hold, I am a child of the king. If I retire as pastor or resign as pastor, it doesn't matter what position I hold, it doesn't change my relationship. I am a child of the king. And if I am a child of the king, then I am a joint heir with Christ. If I am a joint heir with Christ, then he has given me authority and power. And because he has all power and authority... And he has de delegated that authority and power to me. Then that because of who I am. Not because of my job. But because of who I am. I have the authority over any spirit that would try to hinder my family or my life. May I also say, because I am the under-shepherd over this house, that I also have authority over this house. And I came here today to take authority over the spirits that are hindering your life. And I tell him, Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. The blood of Jesus covers this house. There is healing. There is restoration. There is reconciliation in this house. And a murdering spirit does not belong. This is where life comes. We say come alive in the name of Jesus. Come alive in the name of Jesus. You can stand with me across the building. Just stand with me across the building. I'm going to read this verse and then I'm going to close. Once she's dead, all the people of the land went to the temple of Baal, and they tore it down. They thoroughly broke in pieces its altars and images. They killed the Matan, the priest of Baal, before the altars. The priest appointed the officers over the house of the Lord. He took the captains of hundreds, the bodyguards, the escorts, and all the people of the land. They brought the king down from the house of the Lord and went by way of the gate of the escorts to the king's house. So all the people of the land rejoiced. And I ask you, is America rejoicing right now? This is not political because it's been bad for a long time. People are rejoicing. People are afraid. Can't walk down the street. Murders happening. We've had, I think, three murders here in southern Illinois in the last week. We're not talking about Chicago. Probably talking here. Here's what he said. Go tear down those altars. Let's get authority back in place. Let's get the rightful heir back on the throne. And here's what it says. And the city was quiet. When you kill the spirit of Athaliah, 
then the city gets quiet. God, confusion is really loud, but the God of peace brings this just holy quietness. And I want to talk to the people in this room where everything just seems really loud in your ear. The enemy's hollering because hate hollers. He's hollering at you, screaming at you, lying to you. Maybe it's affected your body physically in your legs. So I want to talk to the people who have pain in their legs. I have no pain in my legs. Why? Because I've already fought that fight. Pain in your legs. Athaliah is attacking you. You thought I defeated Jezebel and I don't know why. No, because you forgot that Ahab and Athaliah attacked with Jezebel. Three. Three come. Why? Because the enemy imitates everything. The Bible says that a threefold cord is not easily broken. And he's talking to us as the children of God to bind together. We've used this in marriage. You and you and then a cord together. The enemy comes together because a threefold cord is not easily broken. The problem with that is I've got Jesus and Jesus can cut through that mess without any problem whatsoever. So if you're in this room and the enemy is lying to you, warring with you, shouting at you, screaming at you, attacking you, physically I mean I want you to get out of where you are and here's what I, I want you to walk to this place I want you to get out of your seat and I want you to take a step and I want you to walk and as you walk I break the spirit of Python I break the spirit of Leviathan I break off the spirit of Jezebel I break off Athaliah I break it off of you in the name of Jesus Christ Yeah, God. Come on, Holy Ghost. Just one more thing I might ask, and then they're going to sing a song that I asked them to sing. If your children are not walking with God, and the enemy has attacked their walk, I want you to take a step for them. And I want you to break that chain right now in Jesus' name. I break it right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening today. Be sure to check out our podcast weekly, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can also visit SIWcenter.org to find out more information about Southern Illinois Worship Center. Be sure to join us right here next week.